Hey everyone, it's Father Pat here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings today are from Holy Thursday, the evening Mass of the Lord's Supper. Our reading from the book of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall stand at the head of your calendar. You shall reckon it the first month of the year. Tell the whole community of Israel, On the tenth of this month, every one of your families must be must procure for itself a lamb, one apiece for each household. If a family is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join the nearest household in procuring one and shall share in the lamb in proportion to the number of persons who partake of it. The lamb must be a year old male and without blemish. You may take it from either the sheep or the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, and then with the whole assembly of Israel present, it shall be slaughtered during the evening twilight They shall take some of its blood and apply it to the two doorposts and the lintel of every house in which they partake of the lamb. That same night they shall eat its roasted flesh with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. This is how you are to eat it. With your loins girt, sandals on your feet, and your staff in hand. You shall eat like those who are in flight. It is the Passover of the Lord. For on this same night I will go through Egypt, striking down every firstborn of the land, both man and beast, and executing judgment on all the gods of Egypt, I, the Lord. But the blood will mark the houses where you are. Seeing the blood, I will pass over you. Thus, when I strike the land of Egypt, no destructive blow will come upon you. This day shall be a memorial feast for you, which all your generations shall celebrate with pilgrimage to the Lord as a perpetual institution. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. How shall I make a return to the Lord for all the good he has done for me? The cup of salvation I will take up and I will call upon the name of the Lord. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. To you I will offer sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. My vows to the Lord I will pay in the presence of all his people. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. So during supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. 
Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with a towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever is bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table, he said to them, Do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it funny how something so innocuous can become so controversial? Whoever thought that the Holy Thursday ritual, optional ritual, by the way, the ritual of the washing of the feet, will become so controversial? Some, following a strict translation of the Latin Missal, feel that those having their feet washed should be 12 adult men, as an icon of the 12 apostles present at the Last Supper. Others interpreted Jesus' action as a more uh, universal symbol of discipleship, so a baptized person of any gender or age could participate. Pope Francis took it one step further on his first Holy Thursday as the Pope. He went to a prison and washed the feet of prisoners, including even non-Christians. And so go into a Catholic church tonight, and you're going to see everything from all men to all women to just not doing it at all so that everyone can be equally upset. If Jesus was in his grave, which we know he's not, praise God, he'd roll over. And at the very least, he's rolling his very human eyes. Because the message of Holy Thursday has little to do with liturgy wars and everything to do with communion. St. Paul says to the Corinthians that he and they have received the same gift that Jesus shared with his closest friends on the night before he died. The gift was not restricted to just those at the table that night. In his name, it has been passed on to all of us. And what has been passed on exactly? St. Paul says in our second reading tonight, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body that is for you. In the same way, also the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. His body and his blood. That's what he gave us, to share in it, is to enter into a covenant relationship with God, a sharing of the deepest part of ourselves, a joining together of lives, a communion. Of course, God brings a little more to the table in this exchange than we do. We bring a human body, a, a wavering desire to be called children of God, some God-given strengths, and many weaknesses. God brings everything. And anything we have partially, he has in fullness. Anything good that we don't have, he gives us to the full. Pretty pretty good deal for us, if you can get it, at least for us, on the surface. But then there's the fine print. 
St. Paul continues, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. So eating and drinking means way more than, than, than eating and drinking in the human experience of those actions anyway. Authentically partaking in this meal means to, as St. Paul says, to proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. What does that even mean? How and, and why do we proclaim the Lord's death when we much rather focus on his resurrection? The how is, is easier to answer, as unpleasant as the answer is. His dying began, Jesus' dying began, on the day of his conception, believe it or not. It is to display strength in smallness that Jesus died. It is to cast down the mighty from their thrones and lift up the lowly, as we hear in Luke chapter 1. It is to let your silence speak louder than your opponent's words, like in the gospel of the sinful woman that we heard on the fifth Sunday of Lent, and like we hear when, uh, in, the, in, the, in the passion of uh, the gospel of John, when, when Jesus remains silent, when Pilate demands answers from him. It is, be, it is to be beaten and stripped without turning, turning back from your call while praying for the very people who are hurting you. It's to be moved from deep within your bowels for those who suffer and to cry tears of bitter anguish over the sins of the world, like in Luke chapter 19, when Jesus cries as he looks at the city of Jerusalem. And it is, of course, washing the feet. Washing the feet of those whose feet need washing. So that's the how. That's how we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. But the why is harder to understand. I can say this, though. To suffer for and to suffer because of another person is the only way that we, that we really understand love. And so since God is love, to suffer is the only way to experience communion with God. It was on a Holy Thursday night more than 20 years ago that I believe I found my vocation. There were a lot of tears that night. There was a long road after that. And there's been a lot of tears since. And I go back to drink the cup every day to fortify myself for the tears yet to come. There's sadness in many of those tears, but only because every day I learn to love better, and it hurts. But for the joyful pain of that love, I'm grateful. For without it, who would I be? This is why I, and this is why we, proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. May Almighty God bless you during the mystery of this Holy Week, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great day.